Hello and welcome back to the Tony G Sports Podcast. In this episode, just talking about what happened last week of the NFL, including the two upsets of the year with Seattle and the Giants and the Steelers and the team that has no name. Also, I'm going to talk about the Carson Wentz benching for Jalen Hurts, as well as going over some of the West, going over the Westbrook Wall trade. Talk about some of the signings that happened in the MLB free agency, as well as talk about the James Harden drama. All right, let's get this started. First of all, let's talk about the Westbrook and Wall trade. Um, this trade, when I first saw it, it was an interesting one, to be sure, with Westbrook obviously going to Washington. And John Wall in the first round pick heading back to Houston. It was um, it was a confusing trade at first, but I understand why they did it. The Rockets obviously Westbrook wanted out, and now he's in Washington, teaming up with Bradley Beal, which could be an underrated duo in the West in the Eastern Conference. Do I think Washington can make the playoffs? Probably. I mean, you're getting a... Washington, you're getting a 27 point per game score. Roughly nine rebounds. Probably nine assists as well. Looking for Westbrook. As for the Rockets, I'm kind of confused on why you'll trade it for John Wall. John Wall hasn't played in two years. He looked healthy last time during his little training video he had. And with the Rockets, could he and Harden be a good duo? Well, we'll kind of see what's going on with James Harden. Obviously, now he wants out. But John Wall is already my leader for a comeback player of the year if he stays healthy in Houston. I think he's going to thrive in Houston. Obviously, he has a lot to prove with his health. And now he's in the tough Western Conference where he's going to be pushed to limit every single night with all those great players in the West. Well, who think who I think won this trade? It's kind of a wash. I mean, yeah, Washington got Westbrook back. Cool. The Rockets got Wall and a first-round pick. Now... To see where that first pick ends up will be interesting. Let's see, could be a lottery pick, could be a late first round pick. But overall, all right trade, I guess. We'll just have to wait and see. With the NBA starting in a couple weeks from now, so I don't know. I don't know. This was just a confusing trade. I can see why both sides did it money-wise, but overall, this really goes down to production. And Honestly, if you're talking about production-wise, Wizards won the trade. But if you want to talk about who really won the trade, these two players, they get new sceneries, and they get new chances to prove themselves. All right, let's talk about the 
only good team in the NFL for the for Los Angeles. Let's talk about the last two Rams performances. Let's go back and talk about their game against the Cardinals. Very entertaining game, as everybody thought. Another classic NFC West matchup. And in this game, first game against the Cardinals, it was an outstanding offensive performance overall. Rams win a critical game in the NFC West. The Cardinals, tough loss as well. Now they're pushed two games back in the NFC West with two we- four weeks left to go. So it also hurts their playoff chances for the Arizona Cardinals. Now they are currently on the outside looking in with a tiebreaker in favor of the Minnesota Vikings. For the Rams, Jerichoff had a solid performance in this one. 37 for 47, 351, and he threw a TD. Didn't turn the ball over that I didn't see. Rushing game was balanced. Receiving game, balanced as usual. Most that receiving core. Defense, I wouldn't say it was their best performance, but they definitely did their job. Aaron Donald picked up another sack. I mean, of course he did, right? It's Aaron Donald. We'd be surprised if he didn't get at least one a game. And as for the Cardinals, well, Kyler Murray had an all right game. 21 for 39, 173 yards thrown, three touchdowns and a pick. The run game was shut down completely. Kyler Murray didn't, wasn't able to run the ball. Kenyon Drake couldn't get anything going. Edmonds couldn't get anything going either. Hopkins was basically, for the most part, neutralized. Tight end was really the big factor for the Cardinals in this game. Not the best defensive performance either for this Arizona defense. Overall, the Rams looked impressive. They took first place back in the NFC West with a tiebreaker of the Seattle Seahawks after their very disappointing loss to the Giants. Now the Rams are definitely in the driver's seat. They got some games coming up that can they can they can win. Obviously, they also won last night in, against the Patriots on Thursday night football in dominating fashion. We'll get into that in a second. The Cardinals now they're in a up, uphill climb. Next week, they play the Giants, who, as we saw last week against Seattle, the Giants are a lot better than what the record shows. They're a lot better. That defense is no joke. Now, rather that they're playing Danny, Daniel Jones or Colt McCoy, that's going to be something to see. Tough row for the Cardinals. For the Cardinals, like I said earlier, they got an uphill climb. With four games left in the season. They got the Giants coming up on Sunday. And then they got the Eagles. They should win that game. They got the 49ers. And then they got these Rams again. So it's not exactly the easiest of schedules coming up for the Arizona Cardinals. They have a tough road out of them in an uphill climb for the playoffs. As for the Los Angeles Rams, 
They're on a little bit of a roll right now. They're clicking at the right time. Now they only got three games left to play down the stretch. One of them is against New York Jets. So might as well save three in a row. They're about to win three straight football games. And then they got the Seattle Seahawks on the road. That's going to be the side of the West, in my opinion. And obviously, they got the Browns again, like I said earlier. As it looks like for the West, the Rams definitely have the inside track at this point. They control their destiny. They basically, this Thursday night game, and then they get a mini buy. Heck, might as well call it a full fledged buy with the Jets. I mean, crying out loud, they get Thursday night, then the Jets. Then they got Seattle. Who would I pick to win that game right now? Seattle's offense is struggling at the moment. But the Seahawks defense has stepped out lately, so I can't really call right now. If I would pick right now, I'd probably pick the Rams, unfortunately, me being a Seattle fan. But it is what it is. Maybe Seattle's offense will pick up the next couple weeks. We'll see. But right now, the Rams have the inside track into the West. Let's talk about the Patriots game for a second here for the Rams. Like I said, defense dominated that performance. Cam Newton was garbage in the, for the most part. Got benched. I don't, Belichick came out and said that Cam will be the, the starting quarterback still for the Patriots. I don't. I guess. I mean, what what's he really got to lose at this point? Rushing game was shut down again by the Rams against the Patriots. And as for the Rams in this game, Jerry Goff was actually not that impressive either. Probably had probably one of his worst games of the season. But Cam Akers, the rookie running back, well, I wouldn't say rookie running back, but the running back, he had, he had himself a nice little game. 29 carries, 171 yards. Very solid performance by him. Defense, like I said, came up big. Kenny Young, pick six. Aaron Donald, two sacks. Oh, actually, they changed it to one and a half sacks, but I'm going to call it two sacks. Brockers had two sacks. The Rams look scary good. They look like a legit contender. Not just for the West, but... Potentially for the NFC. Saints, we don't know what's going to happen with Drew Brees. Bucks don't, haven't looked that great. Packers, that rush defense is a little sus. If Jalen Ramsey and Devonta Adams, that might be a fun matchup later on in the later rounds in the playoffs. But we'll see when we get there. we still got four weeks of football to go. For the Patriots, their playoff hopes are very much crushed. For the first time since 2002, they won't get 10 wins plus. So that's it. That's outstanding how they were able to win ten plus games for forever. It feels like looking at the Patriots' schedule down the line, they got the Dolphins, who look really good right now. I don't think they're going to win that game. Patriots are going to fall to six and eight there. Then they got the Bills. They're not going to win that game. There goes six and nine. 
and then they got the Jets to finish the season. So, yeah, the Patriots look like they're going to finish 7-9. They're not going to make the playoffs, so. Huh. Welcome back to reality, Patriots fans. Welcome back to the herd where, you know, teams actually struggle. I'll get, I'll get credit to Bill Belichick, though. Seven wins after basically losing the best player on your team, Tom Brady, and probably the best quarterback of all time. To get seven wins and compete for a playoff, be competing for a playoff spot, I'll give him credit where credit's due. That's why he's probably top five coach of all time. But what do the Patriots do from here? Do they go get a quarterback in the draft? I can see him getting like a Zach Wilson or a Trey Lance, maybe. We'll have to wait and see. Rough, rough season for Patriots fans everywhere. Uh, feel the humble. Feel the humbleness. Washed over y'all Patriots fans. Y'all have enjoyed your fun. Now it's finally over. Just please don't be as cocky as Cowboys fans. When it comes to your rings, please. Cowboys fans are already annoying enough. All right. Let's head to Seattle for a second. Let's talk about their disappointing loss to the New York Giants. This game was embarrassing. Let's just get that out. Let's just get that straightforward. It was embarrassing. I think most Seahawks fans and a lot of Seattle team, a lot of the people on the Seattle staff would agree that this was a very disappointing game. Pete Carroll said there was nothing wrong with the team, no, no weird vibe or whatever. It was like business as usual, but this was a very, very strange game. The offense for the Giants wasn't even that impressive, to be honest. Obviously, with Colt McCoy, he did whatever the heck Colt McCoy does. It was um, he only threw for 105 yards, so it wasn't really impressive. It wasn't really Colt McCoy that beat us. It was more like ourselves beat us. I mean, Wayne Gallman had himself a game against a rush defense, which I thought was, which a lot of people thought was actually the stronger part of our defense. A rush defense was a lot better than a pass defense going into this game, and for some reason we just couldn't stop the run at all in this game. But Overall, the defense looked a lot better in this game. Obviously, they lost the game, but 17 points is probably one of the lowest score, lowest amount of points given up by the Seahawks this year. So I'll give them a little, a little bit of credit defensively. Good game. But the offense, just, I don't know. We also had an okay game, but just things just seemed off. With the offense. Play calling wasn't there today. Russell, I don't know. A lot of big a lot of big time stat, sacks getting up in big time situations. 10 yards, 15 yard sacks, stuff like that. It's frustrating. He had a decent game statistically wise. 27 for 43. 263 yards, touchdown, and a pick that went off Chris Carson's hands. 
or Carlos Hyde chain. I don't know. It was one of the running backs. One of them tipped it and got picked, so that's not on him. I don't know. The offense just seemed out of off, out of schedule. They've been like that the past couple of weeks, and it's interesting to see. Now, now they're in second behind the Rams in the West due to a tiebreaker. And if the playoffs were to begin today, begin today, they'd be playing these Giants again. Now, with this loss, it's very. It just shows you once again that in the NFL, you don't know. Like everybody thought this was going to be an easy, nice, smooth four games for the Seattle Seahawks. Philly, fine, we got that. We took care of them as we should have. Then this game came along. The Giants. Giants look better than they thought. Than we thought. The re- I mean, it's amazing to see how far this team has come after starting one and seven. Now they might win the West, win the East. My bad. Next, we got the Jets. God, if we lose to the Jets, I think I'm going to lose my mind. But I'm pretty sure we're going to beat the Jets. The Jets are terrible. They are just terrible. We should win that. They should win that one. And then you got the football. They got the team that should not be named, or team with no name. Should rather I say, they look better with their upset over the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. Well, not weekend on Tuesday night football. So that was an interesting one. They look better. Their defense looked better than what I expect. We all knew their defense was going to be solid. It's a Ron, it's a Ron Rivera coach team. Their defense is always going to be good. But back to Seattle. Their next, the next four games, they got the Jets on Sunday. That should be a win. Then you got the big time matchup with the Rams for the West. I believe it's going to be for the West because it, they're going to be tied. I believe they're going to be tied for the division leader by then. If not, it's going to be a one game difference. Seattle wins, they take the West. The Rams win, they clinch the West at that point because then they'll clinch the tiebreaker. For, and obviously you got the 49ers at the end of the year. Yeah, sure. We'll talk about that later when time comes. And I completely overlooked the team with no name in between the Jets and the Rams, but that should be a good game as well. The Giants, the New York Giants, well, they're now 5-7, first in the East. They got the Cardinals coming up. That should be an interesting game to watch. If they win that game, they'll be one game under 500. And then they got the Browns. That's not going to be easy. Then they got the Ravens. Not that, not that easy, but that's a toss-up for me at this point. The way I've seen the Ravens play and I've seen the Giants play the past few weeks, that could be a toss-up. And then they got the Cowboys, who have been just terrible. At the end of the year. So the Giants definitely now have the easy track to win the East. Especially with the absolute collapse of the Eagles and the Cowboys. It's officially a two-team race in the East. Let's go ahead and talk about the other upset. In this, on that crazy Sunday. I mean, it wasn't even a Sunday game. It was a Tuesday game, so it's already crazy. Pittsburgh and football team. 
man, Steelers were exposed. I am not going to lie. The Steelers did not look that good at all. The defense, well, defense was okay, I guess. Well, my bad. It was a Monday night game. This NFL schedule got me all over the place. There's Monday games, Tuesday games, Wednesday games. <laughs> kind of lost track. Alex Smith, what a story he's been this year. From, I think JJ watched we had this. Yeah, like, it's crazy to think how far Alex Smith has come. He was already comeback player of the year, in my opinion, just for being here. He's definitely earned his stripes now. What he's done the past few weeks with the football team. It's been outstanding. And this win against the Steelers was impressive. I mean, yeah, Alex Smith didn't have the most impressive game in the world. 31 for 46, 296, and one touchdown. That's what you get with Alex Smith. And the rushing game wasn't that great either. That defense is no joke, though. That front seven is probably one of the best. This year, without a doubt, with Young and Kerrigan and Payne and all those guys. That front seven's going to be a problem down the line. For the Steelers, hey, welcome back to reality, guys. Y'all weren't the best team going in. Despite what your records say, you guys were not the best team in the league. Heck, you weren't even the best team in the AFC. That's Kansas City. If I had to pick between Kansas City and Pittsburgh right now, Kansas City would run all over y'all. Ben Roethlisberger did all he could. 33 for 53. 305 yards and two TDs. But the biggest problem for the Pittsburgh Steelers is that they have zero, and I mean zero balance. Like I said, like Big Ben, I just said, he threw for 53 times. The combined carries for this team is 14. 14. I, it's mind-boggling. And one, of the rush, and one rush doesn't really count. It's Big Ben for zero yards. I don't even count. So 13, you ran the ball 13 times for a combined 21 yards. You, you, yeah, you're missing James Conner in that game, who is your leading rusher, who's your best running back by far on this team. But still, you can't give up on the run. You just can't abandon. You can't throw 53 times and have 13 rushing attempts. You just can't. Eventually, a team with a good coach like Ron Rivera is going to catch on to that. And he's going to try to make your quarterback, make your team, give your team a nightmare. And I don't know what the Steelers team anymore. Are they a contender? But this, this defense is basically what's keeping them in the contention line for me. I don't trust that offense if they can't get a balance, get a little bit of a balance. Maybe when they get James Conner back, 
We'll see. But now the Steelers, you had a chance to win. Clinch North, clinch the AFC North. Now you now you got now it looks like you're now you look now you're beatable. Everybody can see you're beatable. Defense, great game for them, I guess. Well, actually, not that great. You lost, but that defense is talented enough to get you far in the playoffs. But if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but I don't know. Looking at their main schedule for the Pittsburgh Steelers, y'all might not even win your division at this rate. Because Cleveland looks good. If y'all lose, if y'all lose to Buffalo this week, y'all should be concerned. Y'all should be concerned. Because the way Cleveland's playing, I can't think I'm saying this, but the way Cleveland is playing lately, it it could come down to week 17. Y'all could lose the division to the Browns if y'all don't figure out turn quickly turn this thing around. You got the Bills this week. That's not going to be easy. Josh Allen and that offense is nothing to be messed around with. And that defense ain't no joke either for Buffalo. Then you got the Bengals. We'll chalk you up a win there. And then you got the Colts, whose defense is probably just as good as yours, if not better. So that won't be easy. And then you got the Browns, who seem like the hottest team in football all of a sudden. So, Pittsburgh... Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, do I see them still in the North? Probably. I mean, if y'all lose, imagine, 2020, the Browns win the division. That'd be something, right? But I still got the Steelers win the North. But Steelers need to be careful. Find some bounds in the offense. Hopefully, with James Conner coming back, they'll find something. As for the team with no name, Washington, y'all have a nice little schedule coming up. Y'all got whatever's left of the 49ers. You could win that game. And then you've got the Seahawks. If they don't figure their offensive issues out, you could sneak away with that game. But I think Seattle will still end up winning that game. Then you got Carolina. Y'all could win that game. Then you got the Eagles. Y'all could, you're definitely going to win that game. So you'll got a chance to go on a little through a little run down the stretch. Your hardest opponent being Seattle. So with this segment talking about the Giants and the Redskins and not, well, excuse me, football team. Who, who's gonna win this division at the end? I like the I like the football team right now, man. I really do. Giants have played great football lately, but the with the with the, the football team has a nice, a solid offense with an established quarterback who can who knows how to win some games for you down the stretch. As towards the Giants, where you have Colt McCoy. Now y'all got lucky with Seattle with Colt McCoy, and y'all know it. 
if Daniel Jones comes back, maybe y'all got something. But yeah, I got the football team winning the East. I really do. And be careful. Those teams are a lot better than we thought. All right. On to Cleveland and Tennessee, which I personally thought was going to be the best game of the day. But despite what the score tells you, this was a great performance and a dominating performance and an encouraging performance for the Cleveland Browns, who have been probably a little bit of an underrated team for me. Uh, Baker Mayfield had probably the best game of his career, in my opinion. 25-33, 25 of 33, 334 yards, and four TDs against Titans team, who has been pretty good this year. And absolutely just came off a big win against the uh, Colts, who are another great team. Nick Chubb, all right game for his standards, I believe. 18 yards for 80 yards, 18 carries, 80 yards, and a TD. Donovan Peoples-Jones had a great game himself. Two receptions, 92 yards, and a nice little double move to get himself into the end for a big-time 75-yard TD. The other solid performance by Rashad Higgins. Landry did his thing. That defense did a pretty good job overall for Cleveland. They were able to contain Derrick Henry, which is hard to do. And I mean really hard to do. 15 carries, 60 yards for Derrick Henry. Uh, it's, I don't remember last time I've seen him get under 100 yards carries, 100 yards per game in a game. So that Cleveland front seven did its job. Tannehill had a pretty good game, though. Might have been all for not, though. 29 for 45, 389 yards, three TDs and one pick. This game kind of showed you what Tennessee's kind of a little bit of weakness. When Derrick Henry can't dominate a game like he usually can with this game, and you have to rely on Tannehill to win a game, I don't think you can win a game with just Tannehill. You need Derrick Henry to do what he does. In this game, Cleveland was able to shut him down, and that was probably the big reason why Cleveland was able to dominate the way they did throughout the game. Like I said, despite what the score says, 41-35, Forty-one to thirty-five. Cleveland dominated this game from start to finish. They they did they let up on the gas a little bit near the in the second half. They only scored three points the entire half, but they dominated so much in the first half it didn't even matter. It was thirty-eight to seven at halftime, and in the end, that was more than enough. That was well more than enough to beat the Tennessee Titans. Who, whose offense just didn't wasn't really there today till the second half. Tannehill's numbers they look pretty, but it wasn't that great in the first half. I gotta give Cleveland some credit. I thought they were a little overrated until the only good team they beat up to that game was the Colts. Now they beat the Titans, who a lot of people thought was gonna be maybe an AFC Championship game contender. Yeah. <laughs> now look at the remaining schedules here for both teams. 
The Browns have the Ravens, who honestly they have not looked the greatest this year. Lamar's taking a step back for me this year personally. They got the Giants. That might be that should be a decent game. Heck, that got flexed to Sunday night football. Who would have thought we'd be seeing Browns and Giants on Sunday night football? Not me. Then they got the Jets. That's a win. And depending on how the Steelers do down the stretch, week 17 against Pittsburgh. So Cleveland could clinch a playoff spot this year. I can't believe we might see the Cleveland Browns in the playoffs. It's been a while. They clinched their first winning season since 2007. So unbelievable. Kevin Stefanski has done an outstanding job. He and his coaching staff have been outstanding this year. It's been impressive with what they've been able to do with this football team. I'm getting on some new heights. Cleveland has hope again. Do I think they're going to make a Super Bowl run? Probably not. But hey, this is some. Cleveland will take this. They've been looking for something since LeBron left the second time. And the Browns being good again might give Cleveland something to hang their hats on this year. I think they will take it. A nice little playoff run. Maybe, hey, who knows? Who knows? They might they might upset somebody in these playoffs. They're the five seed right now. And I'm trying to think, who would they play? It'd probably be these Titans again or the Buffalo Bills. So do I think the Browns can contend? I mean, they clearly can contend with the Titans. Could they compete with the Bills? Maybe. Maybe. Look out for Cleveland. If they keep games like – if they can get half of what they can get from Baker from this game into the playoffs – Nick Chubb, Roland, Cleveland could be scary. I don't think Tennessee wants to see them again. Well, maybe they do. Who knows? Speaking of the Titans, now with a chance to run away with the South after a big, big win over the Colts, this game kind of popped the tire a little bit. Untightened truck. Now, the Titans' schedule is not going to be easy down the stretch. Well, I take that back. It will be easy. They got the Jags this week. Bounce back game right there. I expect Derrick Henry to run for 150. They're going to win that game. Then they got the Lions again. They're going to win that game. And then they got to go to Lambeau in, in late December. Against an MVP candidate and Aaron Rodgers, They're, they could lose that game. They probably are going to lose, but maybe who knows? Packers might be competing for something. Maybe not, depending on how things go down the stretch. And they got the Texans at the end of the year, so that should be a win. So they got the potential to go three and one down the stretch. Maybe four and zero. They play their best game against Green Bay. I mean, the Green Bay Packers' run defense is completely suspect, so maybe Derrick Henry can have another fantastic game there. So they can go 3-1, maybe 4-0 down the stretch to win the South. We'll be talking about the Colts here in a minute, see how they can probably win the South if the Titans slip up again. But 
As of right now, Titans are in first place. I do think they will finish first place in the South. They will win the South. I don't think what we see. I don't think if they meet Cleveland again, that it'll be the same story. I think it'll be a more competitive game than we saw. For that's who knows. We'll see. We'll see. And just because Titans lost this game doesn't mean that I'm saying they're out of it, of anything. I don't think they're a pretender. They they probably should have beaten the Cleveland Browns. That's, I'll just say that. But Cleveland came to play. All right, on to Green Bay and Philadelphia. And very well, we all saw this coming. Philly has been awful all year. Packers got themselves a win that honestly was to be expected with a 30-16 win over the lowly Eagles. Aaron Rodgers, another great game. MVP candidate, 25-34, 295, three TDs. Great for my fantasy team. Thank you, Rodgers. Aaron Jones, 15 carries, 130 yards, including a big run to seal the deal. Another great game for him. Devonta Adams, again, another great game. 10 receptions, 120 yards. And 10 receptions, 121 yards, and two TDs. Again, another great performance. Looked great on the fantasy stat sheet as well. So thank you, Rodgers. Thank you, Adams. But the biggest story is here is that in this loss we saw a quarterback change. Carson Wentz was benched late in the game for Jalen Hurts. And he came in, went 5 for 12, 109 yards. He threw a TD and he threw a pick. But that offense, I think, had a little spark, and he his, his touchdown pass he threw in that game when he came in to Greg Ward, it was a dot. It was a beautiful throw, and it was, at that point, it made it twenty four to made it twenty three to sixteen, and maybe Philly could have came back and, won, and made people think, oh, Philly might be actually in this after all. Obviously, Aaron Jones has something to say about that. But now, game aside, the game is actually the most important thing in this game. Now, we see that Mr. Jalen Hurts will be the starter for the Philadelphia Eagles down the stretch. What does that mean for Carson Wentz? Well, it means they got the Eagles got themselves probably. The Eagles are just a mess. Their quarterback situation is a mess. Honestly, now Jalen Hurts is going to be starting against the Saints. Rough first team to start make your and the first NFL start. But back to Carson Wentz. What did they do? If Jalen Hurts goes down the stretch and performs spectacularly against the Saints, Cardinals, Cowboys football team. What did the Eagles do? Carson Wentz has looked awful this year. 
I'll, I'll be the offensive line has been terrible too. But I saw a graphic that was talking about how much money the Eagles owe would owe Carson Wentz if they trade him, released him, whatever. It was like $57 million or something like that. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of dead cap. That is a lot of dead cap for a struggling quarterback who you don't even have anymore. Um, for me, I would hold on to Carson Wentz one more year. Let Jalen Hurts ride the rest of the season. Let him establish himself. And next year, come back with a quarterback competition at this point. Carson Wentz needs to go out there and prove himself. I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I think we've seen something like this before. With, I mean, could this be a, I'm not saying this, but this is sort of like a Montana Steve Young situation. But very watered down. Like, these guys are nowhere near young in Montana. But if Jalen Hurts goes out and performs well next year, and let's say we go in the offseason, Carson wins the quarterback job. What do you do if you're the Philadelphia Eagles? Do you stick with Jalen Hurts or do you go with a Carson Wentz till he struggles again? Eagles are just in a complete dilemma. I don't know what the Eagles would do. Let's go back to Green Bay, something a little more stable. And let's talk about their remaining schedule down the stretch. They have not clinched the North yet. Yet. But they're, they're pretty much in a playoff position at this point. They're pretty much going to the playoffs. Sunday they play Detroit. They win that game. I don't remember the last time they lost to Detroit. Then they got the Panthers, Titans, Bears. Nothing to say there. They're winning the North. They're going to the playoffs. And whew. It is really weird. Also, I almost forgot to mention this, but this has been a weird situation. Eagles and Packers, they both drafted a quarterback. This year in the draft. Out of everybody's surprise. And it's very interesting to see how different the situations are. You have Aaron Rodgers probably having one of the better years of his career. And then you got Carson Wentz having probably the worst year of his career. Now you're seeing the drafted quarterback come in. And you haven't heard of Jordan Love in a while. So I just found that funny to think about that. One quarterback is motivated and playing the best, and the other quarterback has had the worst year of his career. I don't know. All right, let's switch up a little bit. Let's go to – let's go talk about some baseball. There were a couple signings and a big rumor coming out, last I've heard. And these aren't really big signings. It's just – out there and something. Adam Eaton, Adam Eaton signed a deal with the White Sox. It is what it is. He didn't have the best year. He probably had probably the worst year of his career last year with 
the Nationals. I'm not even gonna bother pulling off his stats. It's just we definitely didn't have his great year. And Carlos Santana, solid first baseman. He's signing a two-year, $17.5 million deal with the Kansas City Royals. Now, um, for the Royals, I guess the most solid power-hitting first baseman. You can hit for power, drive in runs, plays a solid first base. But you also got to think... Um, there are definitely some contending teams out there that could have used a guy like Carlos Santana, yet they didn't go out and get him. Because team people, people like to use this. A lot of teams out there are using this excuse like, oh, we lost money, yada, yada, yada. So we can't sign bid type free agents. <clears throat> Philadelphia. And other teams like that. So, I don't know. I guess it's a decent signing for the Kansas City Royal. For the Kansas City Royals. Now let's talk about a rumor. Last rumor I've heard was like catcher James McCann from the White Sox is nearing a deal or was nearing a deal with the New York Mets. And this isn't a big, this isn't like JT Ramuto type catcher, but James McCann had a solid season last year. It's a cheaper option and you get. Pretty nice production out of him, offensively and defensively. Uh, I don't know why the, the Mets had a new owner who's worth bit, uh, a lot, and he said he wanted to be a little spendy this year. So I don't see why they just go out and get rid of Munto, but for, I can also see why they're not going out to rid of Munto. There could be more money to throw out guys like George Springer, who, let's be honest, the Mets need a solid center fielder, and George Springer would definitely fill that hole. And I guess David Dahl also signed with the Texas Rangers, I believe. Decent signing for the Rangers, for the most part. But the winter meeting is around the corner. There's really this. There's not much to talk about baseball wise. Not just throw that in there. Get my thoughts about that. Decent signings. Both decent signings. Uh, other than the Adam Eaton sign, I was like, eh. All right, let's so so. You know what? I'm going to do something else. I'm going to talk about something I haven't talked about before. Give a little bit of a congratulations to the Columbus Crew and the Seattle Sounders. I'm going to MLS Cup. Columbus are champs of the East. Let's talk about Seattle first, though. I don't know why I rarely watch soccer, but something just told me to watch this Sounders game, the Western Conference Championship between Seattle and... Minnesota. And it looked like Minnesota was going to win that game, but it was like 2-1 going into the final 
It's like 2-0 going into the final 15 minutes. But then Seattle just completely stormed back to win that game. Raul Rui Diaz got a big goal. Gustafsson got – I can't pronounce his name. He got a big – he got the goal in stoppage time, which led to a win, which was the game winner. And they did that, you know, 2-0 in soccer. It's based, you with 15 minutes to go, a lot of the times you think it's over. And I just couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that happen. Columbus, they uh, they beat New England to get to the MLS Cup. And this should, I don't know, it's tomorrow night, 8.30. So congrats to both of those teams. May the better team win. Seattle's been to the Cup Four out of the past five years and won one a few. So, uh, well, if they win this one, they're a dynasty. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. All right, back to football. So, I'm going to talk about the Colts Texans game. A game I wasn't really interested, but now with the Titans falling to the Browns, the Colts find themselves tied again for the AFC South after a 26-20 win over the Houston Texans. I want to talk about, first I want to talk about Deshaun Watson and the Texans. At the end of the game, you saw Deshaun Watson's reaction to losing, and I feel for this man, dude. He's had to deal with probably some of the most inept coaching and general management decisions Bill O'Brien had to offer. And now, he, with all the talent around him gone, this team has completely collapsed. And I feel for this man. Deshaun Watson has always been a winner. It's Tom and Clemson. Won a national title. First couple of years in the NFL, got his team to the playoffs, despite other than his rookie year where he was injured. And um You just gotta feel for this man. He's gonna he's so he's so talented, but he's just stuck in Houston. He had a great game. 26 for 38, 141 yards, didn't throw a touchdown, threw a pick, but overall a solid game. David Johnson. David Johnson. David Johnson has been. I don't know why did Bill O'Brien trade for this dude. I feel bad for y'all Texans fans. It was just terrible for y'all. Oh, okay. That's done there. Let's talk about the Colts, who are now, amazingly, back in the race in the South after being humiliated by the Titans a couple weeks ago. They are now 8-4, and four, back into a tie with the Titans. Phil Rivers had a solid game here. 27-35, 285, two TDs. Jonathan Taylor came back, had a solid performance. 13 carries, 91 yards. Good to see him back. The Colts missed him. 
T.Y. Hilton had himself a monster game. Eight receptions, 110 yards, and a TD. The defense looks solid again. With Moore getting a pick. And, yeah. Overall, solid, solid win for the Colts. Down the stretch for the Colts. They have the Raiders, who barely squeaked by the Jets last week. But it's going to be an interesting game to see how that goes. The Colts, I'm going to pick to win that game. Then they got the Texans again. They should beat them. Then they got a big test against the Steelers. I think they could beat the Steelers. I really do think they could. With that defense, they could beat the Steelers. And they got the Jaguars to finish the season. I don't see them winning in the South, but I do see them making the playoffs here at 8-4. They could win the South, though, if Titans continue to slip up down the stretch. So, we'll see. The Colts play the Steelers same time as Titans play the Packers, so that could pretty much decide the South right there. Week, week 16 will decide the South, in my opinion. And let's wrap up this little football thing with Lions and Bears. Did not want to talk about this game, but I just I just want to talk about the Bears for a minute as well. The Bears, oh the Chicago Bears. What a fall from grace. Remember when they were the number one seed in the NFC? Yeah, I do too. But the Bears have been absolutely terrible. Their last win was against the Panthers way back in October. It's been a while. Since they have lost to the Rams, Saints, Titans, Vikings, Packers, and now recently the Lions. The Bears are terrible. The quarterback situation is a complete mess. Matt Nagy's play calling is absolutely atrocious. The defense doesn't even look as good as a few years ago. Now they're sitting in last place. Well, I guess not last place, but now they're tied for third in the NFC North. They could find themselves in last if they don't be careful. For the Bears, Mitch Trubisky... Done. Nick Foles' experiment, cute as it was, it's done. Matt Nagy, I think y'all, him and the GM had to be out of town at the end of this year. It's just no excuse for that. And I think they need to go out and draft the quarterback. I really do. I really do. There's no saving the Chicago Bears this year. And it's sad how they completely fall from grace. All right, let's just wrap this up with saying let's talk about the biggest drama probably all in all of basketball, if not of all sports, the James Harden saga. And 
Houston, y'all still have problems with James Harden. Now he it's very obvious now at this point he wants out. He showed up late for training camp. He's been hanging out in the clubs with little baby in Houston. It's just it's not good. And right now, he has four or five, I believe, potential trade teams he wants to go to. And those teams are the Bucks, the Heat, the Sixers, and the Nets of what I've heard. And I guess some people have thrown in the Celtics as well. I don't know why. But we'll go with that. And I don't know how many teams are going to think about James Harden with this antics lately. And who really wants James Harden? Because as of right now, he's been a little bit of a problem. I don't – I'm just going to go ahead and talk about these four These four main trade targets. I'm not going to throw in Boston because that's speculation from – just heard people throw in there for whatever reason. Let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. That could be an interesting fit. I don't know who the Bucks trade to get him. And do you trade Chris Milton to get a James Harden? I don't know. But Giannis and James Harden would be an interesting duo. Could be like a Kobe Shaq thing in Milwaukee if they pull that off. But again, yet again, who do you trade to get James Harden if you're Milwaukee? Let's go to Miami. I don't think Pat Riley and the Heat want. James Harden, mainly for the fact that James Harden's style of play doesn't exactly fit in this Miami cult in Miami's culture. Tough, gritty, share the ball, things like that. Now I don't know if Jimmy Butler and James Harden will work. I mean, I don't think Jimmy Butler would mind, but Jimmy is the guy in Miami. And I don't think that he are willing to, pair, to part with Bam Adebayo, who they just signed to a max contract, or Tyler Hero, or Kendrick Nunn, or Duncan Robinson. Guys who stepped up and played a critical role in the Miami Heat's finals run. So that's off the table. So now it's down to three. And that's got down to two. The Brooklyn Nets. A trade for James Harden would have to involve Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and maybe even Jared Allen. So, and I don't know if that dynamic would work. Obviously, James and Harden have history, but so did Russ and Harden and Houston. You saw how well that worked out. But for me, I still think it's not even the best fit. I think we got to see how the Nets do this year with just Kyrie and Durant. The team, I think, could either win the championship or be this year's version of the Los Angeles Clippers if you get what I mean. And now to the last rumored team, the Philadelphia 76ers. Doc Rivers, Daryl Morey, obviously the last GM in Houston before obviously leaving. A trade there would involve, would definitely have to involve a guy like Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. And for the Sixers, I'm more willing to part with a guy like Ben Simmons for a guy like James Harden. I feel like that Harden Embiid duo would fit a lot better because now you got a lot more floor spacing in 
Philadelphia with James Harden and Embiid as opposed to Simmons and Embiid. There's just nothing there. But yeah, just to go over it, I think these four teams, I got Philly, and then you got the Nets, then you got the Bucks, and then you got the Heat. In that order, and most likely to trade for them, or least likely to trade for them. So, yeah. Houston, regardless, I think Houston's going to have to make a deal soon. Because this Harden thing is going to be a distraction. And, and in the West, they're not getting any better. Yeah, they traded Westbrook for Wall, but that doesn't really make them any better. They still have no center. They have a guard who don't who we haven't seen in two years play. James Harden doesn't want to be there. PJ Tucker's old as heck now. Eric Gordon got a year older. Why not trade Harden for some assets? Via draft picks or young players. You're not getting any better. You're not going to win a championship with LeBron in the Lakers, Kawhi in the Clippers, the Warriors come back. Nuggets are going to get better. Blazers are going to get better. The Mavericks are going to get better. It's just uh, the Jazz are going to get better. So I think it's time to rebuild if you're Houston. NBA preseason starts tonight as, as this is recording. So the NBA is officially back. It's going to be interesting to see how they play out this year with no bubble, with everybody being able to go around. And, yeah, that's going to do it for this week. Try to get another episode out net, uh, sometime next week when I find the time. Until then, later. <laughs>